Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His Word. Through His Word, we come to know our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. And through His Word, we grow to know how to live to serve God. The title of my message today is Living for God. Thank God we can live for Him. Not for self, not for anyone else, but live for God. In order to live for Him, we have to begin by presenting ourselves to Him. And as we look at the Word of God today, this message, Living for God, In its context, it's speaking about we who are saved. For those who are not saved, first they have to come to put their faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then they would be able to experience living for God. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, Eternal Spirit, thank you for your guidance and your leading. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus, we come before you. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you move and men rose. Thank you, God, that you kept your word for these thousands of years that we have it today. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking your truth in our hearts. Open our minds, dear God, to receive your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you give it to us in such a simple form, such divine, profound understanding, but yet in such a simple form that we can understand it. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say, amen. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Begins with, I beseech you, therefore, brethren... So Paul is writing to the church, and this is God telling us as his children, by the mercies of God, God is merciful. He has been merciful to us in that he allows us to hear the gospel message. His spirit moved and convicted us and brought us to the place where we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We could have rejected him. 
God made that very clear in his word. God chose to let us function out of that free will, that choice. But by his mercy, when we heard the truth, we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We will never fully understand that sovereign will of God and yet the free will of man and how that how it comes together but what we do know the bible teaches that god is not the author of sin but god loves us and by his mercy he allows us to hear about his love and the bible teaches that god is the one he brings us to himself and yet the bible teaches whosoever will that we have to open our hearts to that message. But we did receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. For me, this year, by the grace of God, I'm celebrating 50 years ago. God, in his mercy, allowed me to respond, moving my heart by his grace, to respond to the gospel message. And here, here is what God is saying to us. He wants us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. God wants us today in 2019 to say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Use me. I want to live for you. He wants us to choose to walk in holiness. When we sin, we confess those sins. When we attempted in the name of Jesus to resist those temptations, Holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. This is our act of worship, our spiritual act of worship before God. And it pleases God. God says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Holy Spirit is always leading us to surrender our lives to God. He's always leading us. He gives us a desire to be in the Word of God. And when we read the Word of God, what happens? A renewing is taking place in our soul. The mind and the soul can only be renewed by the Word of God. Our desire is to experience what is good and acceptable to God. Yes. What is God's will. That's the only way we can come to walk serving our living God. But the world is coming against us and God says do not be conformed to this world. Yes. Satan is using the world. He, he is using those external things fashions and customs and desires and music and everything else to come against the soul. That's a, the world perspective. But God, thank God, he calls us to serve him and his spirit is in us and greater is he who is in us and he who is within the world. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think soberly as God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. The devil also brings that sense of pride to God's children. The devil wants God's children to have a mindset whereby there is an, an idea of how they estimate, how we estimate ourselves. And the devil wants us to see ourselves greater than we ought to be. When that happens, self takes over. And we begin to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Thank God he's delivering us from this all the time. The devil is always bringing to God's children's heart this, this misguided perspective that says, have some opinion of self-importance. The devil puts in God's children in, in our heart to say, God needs me. I can add something to God's church. Without me, his church will not make it. Remember, it is God who is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So Satan loses that battle as long as we stay in the word of God. Why? Because we're thinking soberly. We're humbling ourselves before God. And we have this confidence that God has given us grace to function in our different areas of ministry. Paul explains this in a manner that we can understand it, verses 4. For as we have many members in one body, all, but all the members do not have the same function. So in our physical beings, we have different organs. You have the heart, the heart function is the heart. The kidney, the kidney function is the kidney. And the heart can function as the kidney. The liver is the liver. The hands are hands. The legs are legs. The eyes are eyes. And they all function together. And they work together to make us exist. And he's using that. God is helping us to understand it's the same thing with the body of Christ. So we, being many members, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. We are all important. Thank God, saints. In God's church, there is no greater saint and lesser saint. In God's church, there are those who are leaders, like myself as the pastor. For these over 30 years, I have a function and a responsibility before God. I can't neglect that. It is being responsible. It, it carries a responsibility. But it's not that the Holy Spirit, I have more of the Holy Spirit than anyone else. We all have the Holy Spirit. And all function. We all function together. Amen. And whatever God called you to do, he does not expect me to do that because you have to do it. Amen. Like, for example, in our training and preparation for ministry, God has gifted and he has allowed Beverly to have this understanding of putting curriculums together. 
she has attained academically. She has a master's degree, and she does this well with excellence in the secular world, bearing a good testimony as a child of God. Now she's using that skill for the Sunday school. Tony, with his ability in, in accounting, and now he's using it in God's work. Are you following that? That's how the spirit moves. Each having their function. And God gives us the faith to make it happen. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. The idea is, and remember, God chooses to give us the gifts as is pleasing to himself. God says, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. God calls us to serve him. Our ministry, those who are involved in practical service in the church, like Brother Harry, Brother Sam, and others, Brother Leo, just serving God in different areas. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. Brother Clover, Deacon McNeil, Brother Tony, Leo, myself, others, the ladies that are involved in teaching ministry. He who exhorts this gift of exhortation, that's the Holy Spirit. Isn't it awesome how God and his church, his church is well organized and his spirit is moving. Amen. Those who are able to encourage others all the time. Yes. They don't encourage and, and raise a banner and say, hey, I am the encourager. They just quietly encourage us. We see here in our church all the time. They call and they minister. They just say a few words and those words just lift your spirit. That's the way the Holy Spirit moves. They don't have to give a lecture in their encouragement. I see it function here all these years. How I know it functions? Because it happens to me. All these years. Simple words. Those in exhortation. Be able to exhort and lift up others. And when they do it, according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the person that is being encouraged, they don't receive any self-praise. They don't get all puffed up and all of that. The Holy Spirit just uses others to encourage them yes. and to exhort them to keep going. He who gives with liberality, the person gives with simplicity and gives in abundance and don't give with a sense of this is too much. I'm putting in my money and but my hand's holding it tightly and I'm not sure if they... But they understand God bless them and everything belongs to God. The one who leads, he does so, she does so with diligence. They pour their heart into serving Jesus. They're really living for Jesus. They show up on time way before for ministry. They spend hours of preparation. Serving God. 
over my, the many years in my pastorate, I've seen this happen all the time. I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, and I spend hours and hours every week preparing for messages that sometimes it will be six months down the road before I bring those messages. God has me working on things. Right now, he has me working on a series of messages dealing with the Holy Spirit. Started that two weeks ago, and in time, God will know what he will do with that. And then there are several things like that, that God working and helping me and preparing me. We lead with diligence. We show mercy. Those who show mercy, acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Genuine cheerfulness. It's not that I'm showing you mercy, but remember, this is the last time. <laughs> it's being able to put up with the brethren. Are you following this? It's not I'm showing you mercy, but I hope that you appreciate what I am doing. The person who shows mercy just shows mercy. Sometimes people don't understand how come they can show mercy. They can just show mercy because that mercy is under the anointing and leading of the Holy Ghost. Remember, all of these here, they're the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> they're not coming from self. Oh, that destructiveness of self. The greatest deliverance for us as Christians, that deliverance is from self itself. Self inside of us. All of these, the fruit of the Spirit, these are the, the moving of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit. We read in other epistles about the fruit of the Spirit, which can be applicable to any one of these. But this is the movement of the Holy Spirit leading us to live for God. Yes. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience to live for God. Thank God for those things. Verses 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. God says, let your love, God give us the grace, brethren, to be sincere in our love. Yes. We hate what is evil, ungodly. We cling to what is good. In everyday life, we have to make choices and decisions all the time. And when we make those decisions, we cling to what is good. And if we fail, we ask the Spirit, we confess our sins, and we keep going. And we ask God to give us a genuine, repentant heart and the strength to do what is right. Amen. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Praise God with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. I would like to put some emphasis on this verse the best way to be affectionate, the best way to love other members in the church, in the family, is this. Is to show that we appreciate the other person. Are you following that? 
is to genuinely appreciate them. Give preference to them. If, I, if anyone's saying, well, I need to love you, the Holy Spirit wants me to love you. But in the process of loving you, I want you to realize how great I am. I want you to see that perhaps one day you will be as grand as I am. But let me love you. God says that's not genuine love. The Holy Spirit, thank God, he, he delivers us from that. Be kindly affectionate. Is what it says. That would lead to a deep, deep affection towards others. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That's the title. Are you following that? Living for God. Because whatever we do, we are serving God. God will give us the zeal and the strength to continue to do it. We will allow the Holy Spirit inside of us. We'll yield to him. Thank God that we're always rejoicing in hope. All of this is temporary. And one day we'll be with the Lord. And then even in our lives itself, as we face life struggle, we have the blessed hope that God is always strengthening us to keep going on. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to be patient in tribulation, to continue steadfast in our prayer. What a blessing to serve God. Why give this up? It's wonderful, isn't it? Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, a sister Brenda. And that's what we all do. We bring in our substance in the church. We bring in our food and whatever we have. And then she labors in that ministry to reach people's needs all the time. And God has given her that heart of compassion to reach out to people and to minister to people. I, I hear it every time I speak with her. But in so doing, she also evangelizes. She shares the gospel. She prays for others. Observe it says here, distributing to the needs of the saints. The distribution is for the saints. And sometimes, of course, God leads us to go beyond that, to be able to reach people so that we can share the gospel, or as we share the gospel, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. That's a tough one, but praise God for the Holy Spirit work. <laughs> Bless and do not curse. You don't want to speak a curse in anybody's life. Words are powerful, and Satan can use it. Speak a blessing. Someone does something, may the Lord truly bless you. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Verses 15. I want to emphasize verses 15 here. This means that we have to slow down in a fast-paced society. Society says be running here and there, always busy. Busy about everything. Slow down. Slow down wherever we go. 
Someone begin to speak, hear what they have to say. They may share their burdens, their trials, slow down, hear it, and then can I say, can I pray for you? And then we pray for them, and God will bring deliverance. If someone wants to share something good, praise God, I want to hear what you have to say. That God blesses you, so I want to hear it. And they may not, some people may not even be thinking it's God's blessing. They may be not saved, or even saved people. Oh, I got this, I got that, I got the other, and you listen to them, that's fine. And then when they finish, they said, thank God for his blessing. Or it may be those who genuinely know and recognize in the assembly that God has blessed. And they want to share the blessing of what God has blessed them with. So we slow down and we hear what they have to say. And then be able to weep with those who weep. We have to experience the Holy Spirit wants us to experience serving God. When people are in grief, we weep with them. We care about them. We have a heart of compassion and we experience a passion in loving others and caring for them. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Praise God that he is delivering us from that all the time. God is telling us, look, don't become high-minded, snobbish. Praise God, he delivers us from snobbishness. In the sense that I am, I am in some exclusive group, dear God. I think this week for the Friday ministry, we spoke about that. I say to pastors all the time, if your congregation or others that you speak with, if you're not approachable because you intimidate people, there's something wrong with your heart as a pastor. Now, I'm able to say that to the brethren because it says God has been using me for more than 30 years. So it's not that like I started yesterday. So I have 30 years of experience to tell you it's wrong. You should not create an atmosphere where people begin to feel uncomfortable. Lord Jesus, everyone came to him. The wealthy, the children, everyone. The beggars, the sick, everyone came to Jesus. So praise God that the Holy Spirit, as we serve God, that he delivers us from those things. Thank God that we never overestimate ourselves. That's a dangerous place when we become wise in our own conceit. Over the years in the pastorate, I've had folks come in the church and they present themselves, I'm so-and-so, and I have something that your church needs. Firstly, I asked them, I said, have you ever been here before? No, this is your first time? Yes, then how do you know what we need? 
said, no, you have to slow down. Maybe God bless you with something, but you have to slow down. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. Are you following this? I've had other pastors over the years get excited. Oh, God sent somebody. I said, now, brother, be careful. And then two months after, oh, pray for me. I can't sleep. Why? This person is giving me hell. Well, didn't I tell you two months ago? Take time to examine the person. Yes, but he sounds so good. Yes, we needed a musician. Yes, he, you know, we needed a singer. Yes, we needed this. But you did it wrong. That's not wise pastoring. You, you went against God's word. God says, don't put a novice in a leadership position. God said, try, examine. Because we're serving God, and God's business is serious. Repay no one evil for evil. That's the world, isn't it? Yes, the world says, I love you, you better love me back. God, thank God that he delivers us from that one. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. In other words, in our life, saints, we should always strive in this world to be above reproach. That's just what it is about. Are you following that? In the simple things. We don't try to see how we can exploit someone to get away with everything. We just be honest with people. That doesn't mean if we're honest with people, the devil will not send somebody to undermine us. But then the battle is the Lord, so praise God. We're serving God. God will take care of that. Now we get to the next section. Now observe, it says, in the sight of all men. So it's talking not just with believers, right? With everyone. You know what is a tough one? Dealing with family. Oh, yes. That's a tough one. Because for one thing, the family always thinks that they can tell you what God wants you to do and how God wants you to think. And family can form like little clans, you know, when they're doing wrong things that are not pleasing to God. It's a family pressure. You bring the word of God and you say, thus is the word of God. And I'm going to stand on the word of God. And when family do evil against you, because Satan used them to do that, that's a tough one to love, isn't it? But you still have to love them. If you go into their home and they have a, a family, some type of family get-together, you don't prepare the dish and you take it, and while you're preparing it, we have a bad attitude. When we get to their home, we slam it down on the counter. No. Thank you, Lord Jesus, while I prepare this, dear God. Let your love, Lord, flow through me. And regardless of what he or she may have said, all the gossip, all the judgment, are you following that? 
God gives us the grace to do that. If it is possible, what's the first word? F. It's not always possible. That's why God says F. If it is possible, as much as depend on you, live peaceable with all men. Not just the church now, but outside the church. You following that? As far as it depends on you. In other words, you do your part. And if the person still hates you, don't like you and everything, stop taking that upon ourselves. Serve God. Don't bring their judgment into the Holy Spirit. God is leading you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Thank God. See how God addresses every issue in our lives? Because we're serving God. And what happens is the devil brings all these things so he will distract us from serving God. When we present ourselves a living sacrifice to God, what we are saying is, oh God, use me to share your gospel message. Not just use me, God, so I can exist. What benefit is it if I exist just to exist? But Christ is building his church. He wants everyone, if possible, to be born again. If it is possible, as much as depend on you, live peaceable with all men. You will have a clear conscience. You do your part as far as you can do, and thank you, Holy Spirit, and watch and see what God will do. God will give us. He gives us all the time. Because why? We are approaching that situation from the fact that I'm serving God. I'm not trying to satisfy some self something. Some feeling, some right, some I feel that I have been dealt with unfair. No, I am serving God. Beloved. Oh, I want, you know, pay attention to this one. Beloved, I, lo- I love the way it starts. This is a tough one, isn't it? Do not avenge yourself. That's, that's about an attitude, isn't it? God does not praise God. He delivers us from that. When we were unbelievers, yes, oh yes, you do something to me, I'll straighten you out. <laughs> right? I hear people say it all the time. I get along with everybody, just don't mess with me. <laughs> no, for us is this. God never called us to avenge anyone. He does not want us to do that. The church at this time <clears throat> was under severe persecution. They were being beaten, they were being killed. This was their predicament, this was their reality. As when we pray for our brothers and sisters in other countries, we read about their suffering in India and Pakistan and Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. That's just the name of few. But we pray for them. And we know that God gives them the grace not to go out and avenge anyone, but rather give place to wrath. That's not our wrath. God is not giving us a permission slip here. 
but is speaking about God's work, what God will do. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And remember, we live in a time of grace. You say, oh God of mercy, have mercy upon this person. Like Stephen, when he is being stoned to death. Or Paul and the others, when they were placed in prison for proclaiming the gospel message. And they sang praises all night. And the next day, the prison guard got saved and his entire household. Therefore, if your enemy, this is how we serve the living God, you see? If your, what's the word? Enemy is hungry, feed him. Now, surely, if the person that is nice to you, hungry, feed him, that's nice, isn't it? That's easy. But what about your enemy? When we serve God, God will put us in allow us to go through those predicaments. There is no sin with God, but he allows those things to happen. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on your head. Let me explain. Hold on a minute. You're not saying, I tell you what, <clears throat> you weren't kind and mean to me. You treated me unjustly. You falsely accuse me. I'm going to be so nice to you so you'll get fire on your head. <laughs> That's not what it is. That's not what it is at all. What it is saying here, and we have to understand this in the full context of the New Testament theology, that God is in control, and we are also praying for God's grace. And we are praying, understanding, oh dear God, only you can deal with this person. So however you want, you think this, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Always end in our attitude that that person will come to Jesus. Are you following this? Yeah. Always believe that even that fire of God is to bring that person to Christ. Or to bring that believer to a place of maturity. Now, verses 21. Let's read it together. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how we serve the living God. We will be faced with all kind of evil. I'd like to place some emphasis here on overcome evil. We can overcome evil. We can master the evil that's coming against us with good by desiring to serve God and do what pleases God. And sometimes we might be doing that and we're wondering why isn't it not working? It is working. God is doing his bringing about his greater good. Just trust him. He's bringing about his greater good. And many a times I must say that greater good is this. I've seen this in my life all the time. That greater good is that God is not only bringing about a greater good in the whole situation, but God is helping me to learn to trust in him also. Yes. And each of us have to conclude that. Are you following that? Amen. If we look at evil in this world, and we are, we are always con being confronted with evil, and yet God wants us to serve him. 
serve God, live for God. How do we deal with evil and at the same time living for God? If we if we are not getting a clear theological understanding and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and to help us, what we can find ourselves doing is being content to say, I will experience victory over evil in church. I come among God's people, sing praises, worship him, everything, I feel good. The minute I step out of the church, at my workplace, some people, sadly, so even in their home, you're confronted with evil. Well, that's just the way I have to endure that. But in church, I'm all right. We're never called to be schizophrenic in our spiritual experience. We're experiencing God. We're serving God. Whether among the assembly or whether when we are by ourselves and in the world, outside of the church is what I'm speaking about by ourselves. We're in the world, so we're among others, and we're being confronted with evil. We're still serving the living God. Are you following that? And how does that happen? That happens this way. We are presenting ourselves. Lord, here I am, use me. Mm -hmm. For your kingdom. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work. Are we following that? And that's the only way it makes sense because that is the truth. Mm -hmm. We are always living for God. And by faith, we're growing, and the Holy Spirit is allowing us to experience this, this growth. And we have to stay in the Word of God. Have to be in church. Have to be under God's teaching all the time. <clears throat> the best prayer we can pray for the younger people is this. Father, please give them a desire to seek you and give them a hunger for your word. Because they're caught up in this uncertainty that is being presented, sadly so, in so many churches. Be on fire for the Lord on Sunday. It's as though your church has become an emotional, a temporary emotional fix where you deny the world, you deny your pain, your wrongdoing or sins and we come in church and we experience some type of temporary fix and then we go back into a reality of evil and we are defeated all the time. But praise God when we serve the living God whether we are in church in sweet fellowship or we are in the world and we are faced with all this evil, we are still presenting ourselves a living sacrifice to God. That's our reality. Are we following that? That's our reality. That's why our Lord says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He who has started that good work in us, Let him continue to bring it to pass.
But we must begin this journey of serving God. Where did we start? We started by saying, in order to be serving God, to be living for God, must begin with salvation. Must begin with coming to him and accepting Jesus, what Christ did on Calvary's tree for us. Believing and accepting Jesus as our Savior. To those who are listening, thank you for coming in to Suitland Road Baptist Church to our prayer service. We welcome you. Praise God. But if you're not saved, the truth is that Jesus loves you. And he wants you to experience, as we are experiencing in our church, living for God. All of us here at Suitland Road Baptist Church, we all have been experiencing living for God. That's why we take our Christian walk seriously. That's why we take our Bible study and the teaching ministry in our church very seriously. Because we our desire is to live for God. But it started with, at some point in our lives, we heard the gospel and we believe in Jesus mm-hmm. as our Savior. Yes. And so at this moment, we want you, I want to encourage you to begin this journey in your life that will go on for all eternity. It's an amazing journey, isn't it? It starts on earth, and it goes right into eternity. Yes. Talk about when Jesus solves a problem. Isn't that something? When he solves a problem, some folks say, I solve a problem, but there's a little glitch. When Jesus solves our problem, our problem of sin and death, there are no glitches. We put our faith in Jesus. And he solves it. He solved it permanently. Took care of it on Calvary's tree. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, whoever you are, wherever you are. This is a gospel message. There's something else about the preaching at Sutton Road Baptist Church. We don't complicate the word of God. It will make no sense to do that. Because we are not out to create some impression. We are here to tell you that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Your life might be in a complete mess. I have news for you. All of us here at Sutton Road were there at one time. But God straightens out that mess. You come to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Christ took care of of your problem and our problem on Calvary Street. Wherever you're at right now, you say, pastor, preacher, what should we do? That's a good question. If you're asking that, good question. And I can only answer that by turning to the word of God. God says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the gospel message that I'm I'm saying to you. Jesus came as your Savior. Mm -hmm. And he went to the cross. And he died. He suffered. (coughs) He died and he was buried. And he rose again the third day. 
He did that because we have a sin problem. He took care of that. Come to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Spirit is working in my heart now to tell you, whoever listening right now, don't try to solve all of your life problems. And then come to the Lord. Because even after being saved, we still will have life problems. But the big problem will be solved, where we spend eternity. Our relationship with God, that problem will be solved. Come to Jesus, and then you will experience living for him. And you do that by faith. You do that by simple faith. Can't complicate it for you. No, it's very simple. You simply believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whoever you are, wherever you are, as you're listening to my voice, you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So we want to pray with you. Remember, you are placing your trust in Jesus Christ, the person, our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. By faith, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. By faith, I receive this gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen.